Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I am JC Hall. Chris Ann is on her way to Virginia as we speak. Got my man Thaddeus in the studio with us. Thaddeus is the guy who uh, puts together our video clips. Man, takes the takes the show, chops it up, and yes, sir. and puts out the good educational content on the site on. Facebook and, and all that good stuff. Thaddeus, appreciate you being with us, my man. It's a pleasure to work with you guys. All right. Um, so, Chris Ann wanted me to fill in the show today so I get to talk about what I want to talk about, I guess. So, um, I I, um, I wanted to bring you in. We You know, we talked about sitting around and just just chatting about things. Just and throwing st- different subjects back and forth. And, yeah. And... and putting it out there for the people to, to ingest. Stuff that we talk about anyway, right? Absolutely. So let me get that in front of you. And you should okay. appreciate Good. it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking at, and I want to get your take, um, your opinion on some of this stuff that's going on. Uh, man, it seems like the world has lost its mind. America has lost its mind. Seems like it's, it's just a, me. It, no, it seems like it was a quick, a quick downturn as well. So like, it, like it, if you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on over the last five to ten years, it would seem as though it just fell off a cliff. Yeah. But no, if, that's a good point. I if, mean, but if you've been following, you've seen the steps, right? Gradual decline, but then there was like a slope. It just yeah. dropped. No, for sure. I mean, because we see the underlying Absolutely. stuff that's been. I mean, it's been I mean, we decades see it, and but decades and decades. Most people don't see it. But yeah, there was like this, like a spark, it seemed like. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, man. It, 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 and I think that's like people get that sense. And of course, you know, and then you're in the backdrop of uh, COVID and, and all that. So it seems like so many things mm-hmm. all at one time. But that's been, that's also been kind of the Trump presidency. So as soon as true. Trump was elected, the opposition just, <laughs> just launched. Like multifaceted, it was like an assault, a bombardment, assault. a bombarding yeah. assault on the walls of of a, of a city or something. Like yeah, just continuing to hammer and hammer and hammer. So it's been frenetic. That's just really crazy. So I want, but in in the midst of all of this, particularly the you know the police shootings and the riots and and all this, you have the rise of. Um, Black Lives Matter. Uh, yes, sir. One as a um, slogan, okay, first as a slogan. The hashtag, right? Black, Black Lives Matter, which mm-hmm. anybody can agree with. And if, you're, if you're not, you know, a crazy KKK member or whatever, right? Uh, so everybody can agree with the slogan mm-hmm. if you are a decent human being. It's a true statement. It's a true statement. White Lives Matter. Black lives matter. lives matter. Army lives matter. Dogs' lives matter. Life matters. Lives ma- life matters. So, slogan. Let's set that aside. N- nothing controversial about that um, until until you get the radicals who say when you say something else, you mean black lives don't matter. Exactly. Which that I mean I don't know how you deal with that level of insanity and lack of reason. I heard Terry Crew. I heard somebody um, speak about what Terry Crews said. And I believe this is where it's going. Where I think this is the trajectory of where they're trying to push it. He said, um, "Yes, we understand that Black Lives Matter, but we don't want to have that transition into Black Lives Are Better." 
You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, it, I believe, but I believe that's there's a there's a group in in the movement that's exactly what what exactly. they believe. they are exactly. black supremacists. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, but I, if you say that, then then you're a racist. But it's true. <laughs> I mean, I can pull it up. I can pull up right now. I follow. I mean, I follow several. I see it every day. There's a guy, um, Rashad Singleton, that I follow. Mm. Okay, is a black author and whatever. He says stuff like that, and all of his followers make comment. They're, I mean, they're sick. They're really sick. They make sick, sick statements. Just disgusting. I mean, they sound like the Nazis, right? They're like black Nazis. And when they talk about um, white people are not human, uh, they have demons inside them. That. White people hate themselves. Very familiar um, with that. You know, they talk about you know melanin is more valuable than gold and and just all this really crazy crazy um racist uh, just it's really unbelievable it's really it's a sick segment it's to me it's as sick as the other side it's the same the Nazi it's, side. it's, 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 it's the same it's the yeah. only two different it's the same just different um, extreme on this right. on, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum so then that's what i see with Black Lives Matter now as an organization. So let's set the, the, the slogan aside. Mm, absolutely. When you then start looking at Black Lives Matter as an organization, and this is what Tucker Carlson was attacked for, right, and, and, and uh, boycotted, you know, because he talked about the, the, the movement, the, uh, the group, the people behind this. Mm. The actual uh, corporate entity yeah. of Black Lives Matter. But that's the problem, though. Most people run around speaking the slogan and making the saying and are defending it as the saying, but have no idea what the corporate entity is behind it, what, what, the, what the true plan and purpose of their organization is. Right. So that's the trouble. When you, so when you look at uh, and what was the, the one, the girl, Patrice Kalur, she's got some uh, some... Muslim name, also. I mean, I don't even know which one is her name, um, but the girl, kind of at the head of it, who then was on video saying, you know, I'm a Marxist. We're Marxist. That's what we believe. We, you know, we do have an ideology. We're Marxist. And then, so when you start tracing down who they are, you know, you find stuff like this: the the revolutionary abolitionist movement mm -hmm. uh, is who they are. And you can go here, the, the, the website, revolutionaryabolition.org, um, watch the video, read the book, it says. You, you click read the book, and it's it's the book, Burn Down the American Plantation. But you know what I'm finding? They're doing the same thing. Like, Islam was a trial run. Mm -hmm. So you have those that, so they try to separate, you know, the peace-loving and the, 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 the Muslims that are not you know, blowing stuff up or whatever, and then they put the radical Islam in a whole nother category, and they're doing the same thing with this. So oh, they say, that's same, not us. That's not us. Those, yeah. That's not what we believe. That's not how we operate. Those are the people that are in the extremists. We don't, we don't associate ourselves with them in particular. We just believe that, you know, this issue is a problem, and we want to address the issue. How, however, here, here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is... The money goes to the organization. Exactly. Right? So the people on the streets can say, well, that's not us. Okay, that's not you. That's fine. You're the guy in your house. You see something on TV and you go show up to a protest. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The people running the protest, the people driving the narrative, 
is this organization exactly. to which the funding goes. Exactly. And that is who they are. Exactly. Uh, and so when you, you look at, when you go to the website and, you know, download the PDF, it says, you can read the book. And just, now, you just read through the introduction. Uh, it's pure insanity. I mean, and the thing about it is, it's woven into a critique of legitimate problems. Mm -hmm. We have over-incarceration. We have lack of accountability. We have economic problems, economic disparity. All of those things are real. All of those things exist. And so they use that to then hang this ideological framework on that says, destroy America, destroy every semblance of, of government, turn America into little pockets of uh, independent village-run, uh, I don't even know if you can call them communities, towns, villages, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's this uh, anarchist, complete lack of the state, and somehow you're going to have, you know, and they have all these different terms, the elders and, and judges and whatever, but just like you saw, they tried to do this in Seattle, you end up with a warlord who's going around bashing people's head in. I mean... <laughs> you base it basically sounds like they want to turn America into a pocket of little projects. Yeah, right. like you like basically you want to turn the whole of America into millions or hundreds of thousands of different Mini little, little projects. Like yeah, so 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 whoever is the most powerful in this project is going to be the one that runs. So these it's projects. like it's like what is that? Nineteen ninety four Somalia. Exactly. Well, you basically just have warlords. Running around, or, or twenty twenty Chicago, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the, it's the same situation, depending on who you're connected to, depending on what 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 kind of influence you have. It will be whether you eat today or not. So look at this now. When you talk about who is creating this vision mm -hmm. of these little, you know, America of the little mini project, uh, tribal warlord pockets. Um, that's these folks. And the head, it, it's crazy. We talked about the one girl who says, I'm a Marxist and whatever. The people that fund this thing are really a bunch of mostly white Marxists, white lefty Marxists. Um, and several they found on the board, for instance, is was one of these ladies who was a domestic terrorist. Who's bomb, who bombed the Capitol wow. in the 80s. They went around bombing police stations. I mean, they're domestic terrorists. Susan Rosenberg, former domestic terrorist, sits on the board of the groups that fund and, and operate Black Lives Matter. Here's another one. Uh, Paul Strasberg. So he's one of the funders from Arizona. This is, this is actually from the uh, place called Badger Foundation, which is like Tucson High School alumni. Okay. Okay. So you had to dig deep to find Yeah, it. it's yeah. great. And that's the crazy <laughs> thing. Dig deep you, start, you start typing and searching. Google covers for these people. Right? Absolutely. You, you have to dig like crazy to try to find, uh, find these folks. They're partners. They're in it together. So, so here, and here's his group, right? Vera Institute of Justice, founded by a couple of New York liberal, white liberals, back in the day, 
and you start again you start to look at their issues right mass mm -hmm. incarceration we know we have prison problems we have jail problems we have incarceration problems definitely but then it's all framed in this marxist you know tear down america message so it's almost like you like you said you have this attempt to um what is the word to 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 separate right this no it's these all these people with good intentions and they're trying to address these problems but then when you look at the core it's this re self-described revolutionaries mm, that want to completely overthrow America. Now, it's not to say we don't have problems and things that need to be mm -hmm. addressed, but it's like what you described. What do you end up with when you just completely dissolve everything? Then you're going to end so up you with... you want to dissolve government. You want to dissolve police, right? So who makes... Who, who orchestrates? Who, is, who are the people yeah. that, number one, are supposed to implement the rules and the laws, right. and then who is supposed to, you know, make sure that people are following the rules and laws? Who, who do you think rises to the top? Exactly. It's gonna be when you dissolve everything. It's, it's who's, who's in charge? It's socialism. <laughs> it's socialism. I think it's gonna be survival of the fittest. That's I mean, it's, it's gonna, gonna have to be just whoever. I it's, got the it's biggest growing guns. up in the hood. You're gonna be. You're gonna basically take yeah. you back to growing up in the inner city on somebody's block somewhere where you got to prove yourself. You got to fight. Somebody is going to try to take something from you. Survival of the fittest. Basically, they, they want evolution. All right. No, here's here's another. And and this is it. This is what's interesting. So you start to dig. All right. Uh, Black Lives Matter partners with International Development Exchange, or IDX, and that's Paul Strasberg. Okay. And <laughs> that's that group. That's this okay, guy. That's his. They won't name him, but they they right. Group. This guy. Okay. His group, and here's his foundation. Um. And so then you see the message, right? And you start to look at who's giving what and all the money that's coming in. Uh, it says, for example, the Ford Foundation, working with Borealis Philanthropy Organization, hopes to attract as much as $100 million. So they're going to get $100 million through the Ford Foundation. Guess who used to work at the Ford Foundation? Directing their money to whatever charitable organization, whatever grant, <laughs> wherever it goes, right? So it's it's amazing to see all the connections, but yet they, and, and what I realized, what I learned in researching this is how they mask all of this stuff. It's a bunch of um, ch charities, charitable organizations, basically grant mm -hmm. writing, they're, they're grant uh, awarding agencies. Okay, and it's almost like a money laundering. Oh, that's where kind of I, that's thing. what I'm thinking. That's where that's what it went to me. I mean, for yeah. those of you that don't know, probably you don't know, know, know me. I have a criminal background, so a lot of my <laughs> thought processes when I see certain things, it it equates to a criminal structure. Right. You know, what I mean, a lot of this stuff is built like a criminal mafioso structure. You have a lot of different entities that secure you in, in your personal uh, freedom so that if something happens, you can, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at arm's, arm's length. I don't, I'm not attached. That doesn't have anything to do with me. I put these people over it. They're the one that did it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm seeing. Right. It's so for the record, you were delivered out of I was criminal. Yes, I was delivered out of um, background. Yes. You're not mentored young black men. Yes, I do. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes, I do. It's a great man. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it, I mean it's it's a 
It is. It's like a mafia organization. I mean, it, it really is a a cabal of Marxist revolutionaries and and these liberal elites. Absolutely. That are funneling a massive amount. And 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 I should I should also include in there. I'm mean, talking Ford Foundation, huge corporate based charities. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. And this just just hit me. Like, um, you think about late '80s, early '90s. When um, rap came onto the scene and, and 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 the black community really began to have to gain a voice, mm-hmm. how do you curtail that? Yeah, and how do you take that and you make it your own device? You know what I mean? Um, because if if you leave it to grow on its own, it's uncontrollable, as we have seen. Um, the black culture, uh, what do you call it? Hip hop culture has influenced the world literally right. in the last twenty years. So. They saw it coming down the pipe and said, but these young folks are influenced by their emotions. Yeah. They can be driven by their emotions. So what we'll do is we'll set up some emotional triggers. You, and you know, it's, isn't it funny nobody ever stops? I mean, now they, ha- they even have the movie out about NWA, mm-hmm. right? What, is it, what was it called? Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton, yes, sir. And nobody ever, nobody ever stops and goes, wait a minute, they were... Formed and, and and funded by some white <laughs> Jerry Heller, liberal, right? Yeah. I mean, that was one of Ice Cube's thing when he yep. you know, he went off idea. on the Jew, right? The, the, the little Jew, right? He yes, was sir. accused of being anti-Semitic, exactly of making comments about. This. But he saw what was behind the agenda. He yeah. saw what was really going on, and when he spoke out about it, they kicked him out of the group, basically. Basically, they're not going to tell you that in the movie, but if you do your real research, it's you know, it seems to me all it's all crafted. This is my opinion. It's all crafted and created to pit race against race, mm-hmm. to create this division, to lay this foundation of what we're seeing now so that you can come in and have a pretense to say defund everything, dissolve everything, destroy America, throw throw it out, start over, burn the constitution. And it's constantly these Really, New York-based elite leftist New York white Hollywood. white liberals. Well, the Hollywoods are is transplants from New York. New York controlled. That's true. That's from, true. From that same absolutely center. Uh, I mean, think about. Think this is going to tick some people off. Well, well, maybe I'll save it for the next next topic, but. I just always think about how the media, the movies are shaped, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. The media, the movie's shaped, the news is shaped to transmit certain images and narratives to get you thinking in a certain way, that make you have certain opinions about people. And again, pitting race against race, pitting you know uh, this group against that group is to cause division in order to control. It's kind right, of like it's controlled chaos. What they did with the KKK in the beginning to pit poor whites against blacks. Yeah. So that they they strike an emotion, they strike a chord in order to to put an image in front of you and say this is your enemy. All along behind the scenes, they're pulling the strings and making both groups fight each other. Yeah. And so so that they can go in, it's like you said, Rwanda, so they can go in and loot and take everything that they want. Unbelievable, man. Well, look at the. the, the we keep saying they, 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 like they. That's a, <laughs> well, because it, in reality, it's it's a, and this is the thing that you see. For instance, go to. Uh, so we're here at this 
Vera project, right? Strasberg's thing and the, the two, mm -hmm. the two uh, New York liberals who, who founded this. So if we go to about, right, about us, uh, and so this tells, you know, what they do. Let's look at who they are, right? So when we say they, why mm -hmm. do we say they? It's, it's a freaking it's a huge cabal of these Marxist foot soldiers and manipulators. I mean, so it is a they. It is a, that's why I brought that up, though, because that's what the response I receive. It's they. It's they. Oh, yeah, you, can't even, they? you can't even tell me who it is. Who is they? Like, you're a conspiracy theorist. And yeah. then they, like, you. I can start naming them. Yes, right? I, I can name them. Um, you know, and then what are you going to do with that? I can tell you who they are. And I mean, we've named some names. I'm, show, I'm showing you names here. Absolutely. Um, but that's, and now the, the reason why I, I'm bringing these people up, because to me, that's the core. This is the problem. I see, we always complain about this and that, and we want to do this. And our focus is on politicians. I, I really feel like you, it's impossible to make a change or do anything about this unless you get to the money absolutely you have to you have to know who the, the money now, i don't care you know about this politician from north carolina who says whatever and he's an idiot who's who's writing the check who's making this thing go who's paying who's driving the train that. right exactly and so that's the that's the they to me. So when you look in, you look at this. But that's the they who do not reveal their names. Correct. Nor do the, so the newspapers they, don't report it. They do not. Right. No, Fox is not going to say their name. Uh, if you know CNN their name, not then they are not name. the they. Right. Exactly. So you don't know. I and I always look at these organizations. I go to the board of trustees and and, mm. and that sort of thing, and I start digging into those folks. That's how I found. That's how I found Strasburg and some of these other guys. When you find out who, I mean, what's the saying? He who pays the piper dictates the tune, he pays right? The so, the tune. so if it's who's writing the check, that's mm -hmm. the message that's going to be driven. That's the goal that they're after. So, and then, so that's the thing. You start to dig in. What are these people about? What do they believe? Then you find out it's it's a Marxist ideology mm -hmm. um, of varying degrees, right? You have the extreme radical of almost anarcho-communism in the sense of let's dissolve every state structure and let's just you know let's just have a free for all. But you also find out that they've been doing this for years. Yeah, like if you begin to like as you say, you dig, you find these names, and you realize that these names, these people, these organizations have been doing these things. For years, right. 60s, 70s, 80s. No, I can sit here and, I mean, we can go through this. I, I, we could probably spend the next half hour and I can just continue to read a list of these organizations mm -hmm. and the people who lead them. Uh, and it would probably be discouraging to most folks because you'll end up with a massive, well-financed army exactly. who is hell-bent on tearing America. What, well, what can I do against them situation? Yeah. So you have these guys, all right? Um, revolutionary abolitionist movement. You can go to revolutionaryabolition.org um, and start to read about and learn about what they're after, what is their goal, 
Um, the, the funders, again, Mr. Strasburg and many of his organizations. And you can see in the bio all the stuff. Ford Foundation hired Paul as program officer for Latin American Caribbean, where he monitored grants in education, agriculture, rural development, developing the foundation's first programs of grants in human nutrition, blah, blah. So this guy is in charge of distributing the money, cutting the checks. Mm -hmm. uh, his group, Vera Institute of Justice. And even if you go back to that, he's done it already all around the world. Yeah, all around the Thailand, world. France. We saw the article, Ford Foundation, which he's tied to uh, giving funds through this group, Borealis philanthropy, right? And again, philanthropic intermediary, right? <laughs> Helps connect grant makers to organizations that meet their mission. So it's this nondescript, oh, we're just, we just network people and help people get grants. Well, then when you look over here to the right, let's, what are they about? Who are they giving grants mm -hmm. to? Intersectional organizing is no longer optional. In fact, it never was. Now, that what is intersectionalism? What is intersectional that's organizing. that's your your transgender and your black. Your multiple minority is intersectionalism. Black trans lives matter. Well, that's the thing when you so you see this is their mm -hmm. worldview. Go back over to revolutionary abolitionist movement. Click read the book. Start to read through this. And you will hear the same stuff that normal families with a husband, a wife, mm -hmm. children, that is some construct of oppression. Very tough. They want to do away with the very idea of family, mm -hmm. the very idea that there is such a thing as gender, uh, biologically assigned. I mean, so. And it's all written right here yes. in their bios, on their websites. But right. the problem is, people don't read. Nobody researches. But this is the reality of the ideological framework of Black Lives Matter as mm -hmm. the driving force of the movement behind the slogan. Yes, sir. This is who they are. Yep. So, this is what your average Joe on the street does not does understand. Not yeah. And I, one, one last here, one last just to give you insight. Um, so this is our couple right here. This is this is what they look at. All right, what their vision is, what they want to do. Zapatistas, lessons in community self-organization mm. in Mexico. That's what you saw in Seattle. Mm. Their attempt at self-organization. Self well, what what is? How do you accomplish? self-organization. How did the Zapatistas in Mexico accomplish self-organization? There's only one way to do it when a state already exists. Takeover. That's through violence. So they advocate violence. They're open about that. They have no problem with it. Then how are you going to sustain it has to be an organization founded, created, established through violence? violence. You have to sustain it, it through violence, violence which is what we saw in, in the Seattle Autonomous. Think the word autonomous. autonomous. What is autonomous? Self-organization. Self right? Supposedly runs on its own. So this is what they look at. This is just one example. They also there's there's a there's a whole article about how to do this and how it works and what it looks like. Uh, they look to the the radical uh, Kurds in mm. uh, in northern Syria. Not not the. So this is another thing. People hear Kurds. Oh, the Kurds. That's the friendly group. That's you know we 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 should be on the side. They're not one group. 
Okay, and that's not the ones they're talking about. It's the radical, crazy ones that are like this violent. Um, here's another thing: Roar Mag, R O A R M A G dot org. Roar Magazine. I read this stuff because mm. know thy enemy as thy suffering. I want to know. Absolutely. And this is the thing to me. You cannot under you cannot fully understand, and you will not fully understand what is at the core of this movement that is afoot unless you I, I think unless you hear from their own mouth. Hear from the so you you yeah. don't you don't learn who Black Lives Matter, the organization behind the slogan is from watching CNN or Fox or MSNBC. Now uh, Glenn Beck tried to get into some of this, uh, but not many people see that unless you subscribe. Uh, but it's all out there to research. You can find it, and you can know who they are. But this they is a radical, anti-American, Marxist movement that wants to dissolve everything. Everything. And I mean everything. Church, economics, government structures, everything. That's ridiculous. So, again, I, I think... As you said, you're le basically you're left with survival of the fittest, which a lot of you, you want know, to bring it back to the, to the 1760s when we first right. got over here. So which a lot of cons creative. you know conservative patriots say they oh okay good I got guns let's do it okay fine that's the world you want your children to grow up in okay go for it but that's what they want let's just shoot it out. So you're talking I mean, and I, we and somebody well we'll win we have the guns. Okay, well, what does winning look like? Exactly. What what's millions, the next step millions, after that? Because they're dead. not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're not. They're not going to stop. So, I mean... And I'm not either. I mean, so, so that's what I was about to say. So it's going to be a bad... Basically, it's a civil war battle complete, to the death. Complete whoever, blood, blood, blood. And then there's no... It's take no prisoners because if anybody uh, stays around to the end, then there's a possibility of your ideology being passed on to the next generation and you have another revolt. Yeah. So everybody got to go. Anybody that has has this perception or this ideology thinks this way, you you, you got to go. You're an enemy. Well, I, I don't think you can reason with people like that. I don't. I don't know how this ends well. It's hard. I mean, you you really you're really left with. Uh, <laughs> you you have to have some kind of new enlightenment, a great awakening, a That's, spiritual great awakening, some sort of almost it's divine a issue. It's a hard right. issue across the board. Right. You, I mean, and I know everybody doesn't believe this, but I look at it and I think, okay, you need some sort of divine intervention or mm -hmm. some kind of enlightenment, mass enlightenment take place. I, I don't know how you stop this growing menace of revolutionary radicals uh, threatening really a, a, a nihilistic, just total bloodbath future. Because outside of a divine intervention, you're left with base, putting your life in the hands of someone else's morality, hoping that this person was raised properly enough to be able to dictate his own actions and not harm anyone else. Right. But the, but the selfish nature of humanity is going to make me think of myself first before I think of you. 
to make me think of my family first before I think of anyone else's family. So if, if it takes to hurt your family to help my family, my selfish human nature is going to justify that and allow it to happen. So the one thing that maybe gives me hope in, in light of what you just said is, you know, we're sort of in this sphere. This is what we research. This is mm -hmm. what we study. This is what we listen to. But so as I go around in my daily life, just throughout America, throughout the community, I don't see that these people represent most of the folks in America. Absolutely. So then perhaps, perhaps uh, it's not big enough, widespread enough to result in what they want. But on the other hand, I see the media aligns with this, news, movies, all the talking heads, and they continue to drive you know, their mission. And, and so then I have this kind of debate with myself of will it expand to the average person? Will they go along with this message? Will they begin to believe it? Will they begin to sign on to this? I mean... So I don't know. So what, what, I mean, I don't know what. Help me out here, bro. Give, um, give me some hope. Just is, from is what there you hope? said. Just from what <laughs> you said. Uh, okay. So I, what I'm what I'm dissecting is what comes out at the other end is they don't have the numbers, but they have the influence. Right. So if we can, if if the people that think liberty minded as our camp does, if we can begin to influence on a scale that they do then we can educate, we can overturn, and we can be... Because like you said, the average person is not a radical Marxist. Mm -hmm. the, the average person is just waking up 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, going to work, trying to feed their family, doing what they have to do for their household. Right. And all the rest of the stuff that we ingrain ourselves on a daily basis is extra. Is A lot of times it's just entertainment for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not realizing that if there's something that doesn't change, it's going to be knocking at their front door. Right. So I believe that that is the message that we need to get across. However, the avenue that happens to, to, to be the most effective, we need to let people know that this is coming to your front door. Right now, it's just on the news. You see it on TV. But if it doesn't stop, if we don't do something soon and something serious soon, it will be at your front door. It's coming to your front door. Your family yeah. will be affected. That's the problem. People don't see their family being affected in the immediate moment. Yeah. But when your family begins to get affected, it might be too late. Good word, man. Good word. I agree with that. All right. I'm going to shift gears, sort of. Um, I mean, kind of in the same ballpark. But so, so with the same BLM crowd and, and their messaging, um, you know, they've seized on lack of accountability in policing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then they've turned it into a racial racial narrative now mm -hmm. i i you know this i've been studying i started studying police use of force um back in 2006 so i've been looking at this is something that i've researched and studied for a very long time uh, i saw um some really heinous what I, I thought were heinous incidents and that drove me to it i remember one I think it was in Virginia, there was a, uh, a lady who was a Sunday school teacher, okay, she went 
she pulled up in the parking lot of a church for a job interview. Uh, she didn't know she, she actually came to the wrong church. She was at the wrong location. Wow. But it, So nobody was there. Parking lot's empty. Uh, a police officer comes and you know starts questioning her. And, and for, for whatever reason, she wasn't comfortable uh, speaking with the officer. Nobody was around. It was just him, just her. She's alone. Um, and there actually ended up being cameras and things. But so long story short, you know, he says, you're trespassing on this property. She says, fine, I'm, I'm leaving, mm -hmm. right? He, he says, get out of the car, all this stuff. No, I'm, I'll just leave. I'm leaving. She drives away. He fires six shots wow. into her vehicle and kills her. Wow. Um, and I thought, you know, at that time I thought, is this the kind of absolute insane sociopaths that we have policing our streets. What is going on here? And I started researching mm -hmm. this um, for years. Now, what I, so by the numbers, what I discovered is about 1,000 civilians are killed by um, officers every year. That number has held consistently for over two decades. 1,000 civilians. 1,000 every year, year, which is about one person every eight hours. So every eight hours, a civilian is killed, is killed by, by a police officer. Police officer okay? That's been the same for decades. Okay. It hasn't changed. It still hasn't changed. So there's no, there's no sudden increase of police killings. And that, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's completely false narrative. Yes, sir. Now, what there is now is greater reporting in the news, particularly mm -hmm. when it's a black victim. That's what we have. So it's a distortion, and our perception is based on what the, the what we see. We right? just, the data is mm -hmm. given, given to us. But it's been consistent. Now, do I think it's a problem? Yes, I think it's a problem. I think a person being killed by law enforcement every eight hours, eight hours. is a problem. So you can't even, even if it's been the same without a, a person yeah. being killed by Correct. law enforcement. So even if that's been the same for 20 years, I still think it's a problem. It's a problem. And then Absolutely. when we look at some of the incidents, it, they're clearly the details surrounding the incidents yeah. make it even worse. Right. They're outrageous. And and the big problem, the number one problem that I see, uh, is when it is obviously unjustified that the people are not held accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. But all that aside, the idea that they're suddenly this increase and suddenly uh, black more black people are being killed is a false narrative. The, no, the data do not bear that out when you mm -hmm. look at it, okay? Now, I also looked at um, the, the counter-narrative started coming of police being killed right, by uh, civilians. All right? That's another thing that has also been consistent. Uh, it is about one a week. So every seven days for over two decades, a law enforcement officer is killed in what's called felonious death of a law enforcement. So we're not talking about had a heart attack, got in a car accident. We're talking about somebody So an officer targeted. was is, is now deceased by the actions of a civilian. Correct. Not, not, not 
not something just that died. has something outside yeah. of not right. outside of circumstances in the line of duty something to do with his police work yeah particularly because there is a category killed in the line of duty and that encompasses accidents that encompasses you know you had a heart attack so you have killed you know, in the line of duty and then you have felonious it's felonious act. death okay. of a, of a leo okay. okay and so that's about one every 7 days and, and it's another number that it's consistent it doesn't change i mean any death of any person is a problem Absolutely. but the issue is you, you have to get then get down into the incidents and deal with justified not justified following procedures not following procedures and then and then what you find is uh, you look at the core problem of police unions and, le- and and leadership that answer to the unions will come out and declare they followed procedure, no, no, it's no problem, everything's fine, even when you as a, a normal, literate human being mm-hmm. can look at the policy, read it, and say, say no, that, that is, not. is not policy. So then they're never held accountable. And then when it gets to a jury, if that ever even happens... The public will not hold them accountable. Now I know once you get into a court case, then you you know there are ways they begin to mm-hmm. manipulate the evidence. And you, I mean, I've you know we watch stuff where, um, like Rodney King and 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 things like that, mm-hmm. where somebody's getting the the living crap beat out of them, and an, and an attorney in the trial will take it frame, will slow it down frame by frame by frame, and somehow. Make it look like no, no, it's something else going on, and so abuse. all that crazy stuff happens. So, bottom line is what I'm trying to say. But all that, you know, all that's true. But the but the fact is, there's not an increase. It's not a change. It mm-hmm. is a problem. These incidents are a problem. They're not. There is a problem with accountability. But there's not some sudden problem. It didn't just start. It didn't just happen. That's a false narrative to stir up this thing. Now, however, what about the other side? Now we hear this popular um, phrase, black-on-black crime. Mm -hmm. Now I began to look at the numbers on that, all right? Because I don't want to go with just somebody just makes a statement or a slogan, you know, no matter if Kansas Owens repeats that a thousand times a day, Mm -hmm. just because she says it doesn't make it it true. true. What are the numbers? What are the facts? What is the data? Okay? So I want to tell people how to find that data, Mm -hmm. right? And it's available. So here's how you can do it. You go to um, fbi.gov, and we we have it right here on the screen. So if you go to fbi.gov, right, so let's let's go homepage. There's fbi.gov, all right? You go up here and click on services. Clicked on services. Okay, this takes us to this page that shows us all the you know, things that the FBI provides, you know, as far as data and information. And we want to go to Uniform Crime Reporting Program. So this is all the crime statistics, murders, um, robberies, whatever. It's all the law enforcement agencies report, give their data to FBI Uniform uh, Crime Reporting System. Okay. All right. Now, if we go down to... Um, UCR Publications. We click on that because what we're looking for is a report called Crime in the United States. Okay? okay? This is a collection of that data that's that's uh, that has been collected for 80 years. So there's 
eight decades worth of these statistics in these reports. Now, you can click on them by year, so you can see them all listed by year. 2019 is not fully out yet, but 18, 17, 16, we can, we can go back and back and back. So when we click on these, what what we and okay, let me show you how to do this by the way. So let's say I want to look at 26, no, I'm not going to do 2016 cuz it's a little it's a bit different for some reason. But let's go 2017 and you'll get to this page, 2017 crime in the United States report and let's say we want to look at homicide, right? We're talking about black on black crime. Mm -hmm. Right? Talk, uh, particularly Murders, homicides, so homicide. Mm -hmm. So look at homicide in particular. How many how many blacks killed blacks? Is it, is it is it a is it a big problem? Do we have an epidemic? That's what we hear. Epidemic of black on black crime. Is it more prevalent than it was 20, 30 years ago? Or is it more prevalent than white on white crime? Okay. Right? Because okay. if we if let's say if white on white crime was greater then wouldn't we have a white on white crime we epidemic? More of a white white crime than the epidemic than we did Exactly. Yep. So let's see. Homicide 2017. We click that. Now, this will list all the tables that they have. So here in this, this section, it says expanded homicide data tables, uh, offender victim data, offender data, and the, the tables are listed by number. Okay. So okay. now I'll let you know where, where we'll find the data we're looking for is table six. Okay. All right. So you find tables. Now in 2016, for whatever reason, it's in table three. <clears throat> I don't know why. But every other year, it's table six. So if we click the six right there, Fender Data, then this is what you end up with. So this is murder, and we see right here the race of the victim. Mm -hmm. All right, so there's white victim in row one, black victims in row two. So total white victims for 2017, just as an example, uh, 3,567. Now, the offender, the murderer, what was the race of the murderer? Okay, so most, in this case, 2,861 murderers, white murderers, killed 3,567 white people. Okay. All right, and then 576 black offenders. Okay, so that's so white on white crime, two eight six one against three thousand five hundred sixty seven. Now we we'll look on black on black crime, so two thousand nine hundred seventy black victims, mm -hmm. two thousand six hundred twenty seven black offenders. Mm -hmm. So what what do we see there? There's a consistency of people killing each other uh, from their own race. Correct. So whites kill whites and blacks, kill blacks, blacks kill blacks and, and in fact if we look at the number more whites killed more whites than blacks killed blacks at which stands to reason I since mean, white is, is a, a greater portion of the population absolutely okay um, now I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you we, when we look at year after year tw there's 2018 pretty much the same mm -hmm. 2017 we just saw 2016 wow. same 2015, same. Okay, you go on and on and on. It's pretty much consistent. All right? Numbers are almost identical if you look at them from Correct. year to year. And so this, is, now, looking at this, this is 
the Bureau of Justice report. Now, to find this, you can type uh, BJS, just Google BJS, race and Hispanic origin of victims, and this will come up, all right? And you'll get to, let's see if I can go back, you'll get to this website, Bureau of Justice, Justice Statistics, and you want to go here and click on Full Report, and basically the Department of Justice under Donald Trump issued this report in 2017 where they looked at the data, mm -hmm. some of which we just looked at, mm -hmm. and they just basically did an analysis, a compilation of the data over 2012-2015. Now you can look at this full report where you can look at all the numbers. I want to show you the highlights. Uh, what, what did they find? All right. So this is a 12, 13, 14, 15, four-year period that they look at, what did they find? Basically what you just said, that pretty much, uh, let's see, in the majority, right here, second one, in the majority of violent victimizations, white victim, white victims offenders were white and black victims offenders were black. The, uh, right here, from 19, now this is all the way back 1994. It says 1994 through 2015, White-on-white -white violence and black-on-black -black violence declined at a similar rate, 79% and 78% respectively. Mm -hmm. uh, during 2012 through 2015, there were no differences among white, black, and Hispanic intraracial victimizations reported to police. So what, what do all those numbers say? It says that and and you and let me let's look further in this because people bring up the rate. Well, they're only 13% of the population, but they kill more people. All right, here is larger numbers over this span, and this includes all violent. So this is violent crime overall. Mm -hmm. So you're talking rape, sexual assault, robbery, aggravated assault, simple assault, uh, as well as homicide. Whites. White victims, 3,679,410. Black victims, 850,720. Now, that doesn't include Hispanic and other, which is, which is sizable. If you just looked at white versus black, the black ends up being around 19%. If you actually add in the Hispanic and that, you get closer to your... 13% within mm -hmm. within about two percentage points. Okay. So the fact is the black violence is in comparison to white violence commensurate with, with the, the size of the population uh, yeah. that blacks occupy. So the I so the in other words the statement, well they're only 13% and they commit more crimes, that's actually false. Mm. That's a false statement by the numbers and there they are. And I know because I posted this on Instagram and people are coming at me. It's just numbers. Just numbers. I didn't make it up. They don't lie. Okay? So it doesn't matter. And I'm not trying to target these guys. but And I'm, I'll just not name them. But it doesn't matter what any popular black conservative, and you can name a long list of them, who repeat this over and over again. They can say it as many times as they want. It does not change the numbers. These are facts. So, in that case, what are we seeing? Why do we say that? Because I don't think black conservatives are lying. I don't think people that say, hey, we got a crime problem are lying. Now, I do have a theory. 
why that? But what do you think's going on there? The why, if the numbers don't bear it out, why do we talk about a black-on-black -black crime epidemic or problem? If it's pretty much the same rate as white-on-white -white crime? It's a distraction. I mean, they're looking to, and like I said, like I said in the, in the earlier segment, it's, it's built on emotionalism. So you're, so in order to say, it's a, it's a defense against what the opposite is saying. So one side is saying, okay, police brutality, um, we need to, we need to, we need to curtail crime. We need to um, hold read, police accountable. Yeah, hold police accountable. They're killing us. It's too much killing, police killing. So in order to counter exactly that's the word i was looking for counter that you say oh well if the black people stop killing the black killing yeah. each other then the right. police won't be scared enough to be able to have to so clean so, up your own house it basically right. sweep clean, around clean. your own front door yeah so if it's Which all makes sense. these neighborhoods i mean but it it, it makes sense the data it, doesn't it, support no that's what i say it that. makes sense verbally but when you begin to dig into what's well, really going on yeah I, and i agree with that and let me tell you where i think that comes from because this is what I do believe. I believe we have a Chicago epidemic yeah, of black and black violence. Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't, yeah now New, New, York, New York is another one of those portrayed in the media. Because actually when you dig into the New York statistics, it's, been cleaned it's up. very low. It's been cleaned it's very up. low. Um, there's not that level of violence. But what I think happens is, because here's the thing. I To say there's a black on black violence problem in Chicago... I think is absolutely true. Absolutely, yeah. But Definitely. what I think so what I think is that imagery skews mm -hmm. the overall perception because when you looked at the number, we saw the number. So when you have, you know, let's say you have twenty eight hundred uh, black victims of homicide, when a single city has five hundred of those, twenty eight hundred. Good lord, that is that is that is a hugely disproportionate number so we should be saying and you know and you could probably at certain times you could make that same argument in la at certain times you could make that argument mm -hmm. in uh chicago uh other places the one in indiana was really bad at one time the uh fort wayne right certain places and it, yeah, and they, it, come it they, um, they come out with um they come out every year the fbi does right the, the most violent one, the most violent number, number one right. most violent it's new orleans so, so some of that shifts. So then at, at times you have those, those problems in those places. And I think that is what shapes the perspective. In addition to media, think about this. Mm -hmm. Anytime, and by the way, you, you have the same numbers on aggregate in the white, in fact, larger numbers in aggregate in the white community. And you mm -hmm. don't hear you don't. anybody say white on white violence. Never say that. Now, now think about this. In the media, when you see white violence portrayed, what is it? The noble cowboy, the brave soldier. But when you portray black violence, it's a context of it's criminal behavior, gang-related. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it goes back to me, I can't help but think, when you think about NWA and the birth of gangsta culture being created, funded by these white liberals, the same people making the movies who are crafting the narrative of the violent, inherently same violent black that man. Are behind the media that are same ones, the same same ones funding BLM and revolutionary abolitionist movement. And we fall into this trap 
of countering a racial narrative with a racial rebuttal. Oh, black people are more violent anyway. If they didn't commit more crimes than anybody else. Be. Right? Mm -hmm. So it, it runs right along the lines of pitting race against race. The only problem is when you actually look at the data, it it's not true. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. This is where every, every rabid conservative um, unfriends Chris Ann Hall Chris and Hall stops show. watching the show. But I'm sorry. It's math. It. This is the I mean, data. The numbers don't lie. The numbers do not, will not, cannot lie. You can skew them and manipulate them to try to say what yeah. you want them so to why, say. So why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we say we got a Chicago problem? Because that doesn't fit the narrative. That doesn't help. But that part's true. That part is true. That part is definitely <laughs> we true. We have a problem in the black community in Chicago. Why is that? Like, why would, and, and that's when you can then start asking questions and examining. But... Instead, also, we make it this broad, generalized racial statement. I think there's a situation, if, if you look at it like that, all of those high crime rate cities I'm, I'm, and are run by Democrats. And I'm not even like, you know me, I'm not that dude, you know what I mean? But, but if you just look <laughs> at the facts of the situation, facts. most inner cities that are run into the ground most inner cities with the highest levels of crime, the highest levels of drugs, and all the rest of these things, they are run by Democrats. They have been run by Democrats for an extended period of time. But isn't, now, in light of that, isn't it interesting how you can conveniently then shift the blame and focus away from Democrats by saying, no, it's just it's inherent, just inherent. It's inherent in black yeah. people. But it's, it's a black on black crime thing. One thing Th that. Then, 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 then you don't see. It's a Democrat leadership thing. But then again, I don't, but see, honestly, I don't think, I, I believe that that parallel is true, that the crime is is more prevalent in the Democrat areas, but I'd like to dig a little deeper. Our conservative, our black conservative friend did make a statement that I believe is absolutely true, whereas it's a fatherless thing. Right. Um, and that which again goes, goes back to the, the whole board, like which goes back to which <laughs> goes back right. to the Democrat. Try to get these dudes off the hook, and they just get, keep hanging themselves. But I mean, that's that's the big. I think that's the biggest no, that, deeper heart so, of all of the, of the whole crime issue because no question that goes across the board. I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. If you are out, if your father is not in the home then you're a proportionately higher chance of you being arrested, going to jail, getting yourself into a life of crime activity than someone who has their father in the home. And that and that's the one thing I heard. I was listening to Alan West, though he does, you know, he he kind of makes this generalization of black on black crime, but I I think he's trying to make the point that we're making mm -hmm. just not very well in that regard by repeating the myth, but he did point to exactly what you're saying, the, the 1950s Democrat policies, mm -hmm. that this is the fruit of that. Exactly. So even, even that that you described exactly. still it's goes back to issue. Democrat leadership. So by design, I mean, ever since you know, Democrats ran the plantation and created the KKK, mm -hmm. uh, it's been the same mission and focus. Oh, and we can throw in there Planned Parenthood, the Democrat-founded Planned Parenthood committing genocide in the black community. So it's crazy. It's the same 
narrative, the same mission, the same goals, yet historically 94% of the black community supports this homicidal organization it's a, it's a, it's that's a, killing them. It's a sleight of hand. It's a, it's a sleight of hand. And I and I and, and I go back to the they. You know what I mean? We we say they are the problem, they are the problem, they are the problem. When election time comes around, the they has a white face. You know what I mean? Right. So because this person did this and because this party did that, these are the results of what happened. And like they say, man, they say it all the time. I've been hearing this since I was a kid. If you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. You know what I mean? People don't read. People don't research. My people, the people that I grew up around and grew up with, they don't. You know, they'll hear it from me, hear it from you, hear it from a person, somebody that has a little bit of influence over them, and they'll take it like it's the gospel truth and run with it. No matter how wrong they are, no matter how distorted it is, but that's the blinders, and that's the that's the the, the shift in sand. You never know. You never know. Verified truth. Verified truth. Well, we are we have run up against the clock, but you know that's why I wanted to bring this out the way I did. I I showed you where you can find this information for yourself. Um, it's just facts, man. It's not just me saying it, uh, but. You can you can go FBI.gov track it down. These are these are statistics. Nobody else collect this, collects this data. If I could say something just to end off, um, I had to take my emotions out of it. it if you are trying to uh, analyze this information with your emotions, you're always going to end up in a dead end. Yeah, you got to run your head against the wall. You got to remove your emotions, remove your attachments, and just see it for what it is. Take an unbiased look at everything that's going on, and you'll see what pans out well and i think you know another i'm glad you mentioned that because another point is you only we only see what we see mm -hmm. okay and that can be a problem mm -hmm. so if like you said if i grow up you know you grow up in a crime-ridden neighborhood which is a black neighborhood mm -hmm. and you see that then then you're going to go yo jc it's obvious there's a black on black crime problem but that's that's you only have that one data set mm -hmm. that what you're looking at. So your neighborhood and your personal experience doesn't mean that's the entire country, right? So I grew up the the black neighborhood around that I grew up around didn't have a gun violence problem. So why why does South Central LA get to be pointed to as the norm? As the norm. But my neighborhood doesn't get to be the norm because that's what when, when in fact the data supports it's, my neighborhood being the norm it's a and south factor. central la being the exception it's a fear factor it's but fear. but yet south central la and you know mob new york and uh gangster chicago mm -hmm. that's what the movies get made about that's what makes money they don't make movies about the black no. neighborhood that i grew up around absolutely not <laughs> so you absolutely never see you, the only examples you see or the negative or the things that confirm the that, ones that, that what you, what you believe, right? What you're led to believe. So I, I do think that's a good point. So you have to set aside that personal bias, personal emotion. Um, look at the facts. Take all the data and realize it, it's, a, it's a fallacy of logic called argument to small numbers, mm -hmm. which means we base our premise on only what we see, right? Somebody said, I, I like to give the example, hey, there's a billion Chinese people in the world. No, nah, there can't be a billion Chinese people in the world. I don't know a single Chinese person, right? The fact that you don't know one, that's, that's, your, that's only your data set. So I had a very nice lady say, hey, I grew up in 
in LA and I saw this, I know there's a problem. No, there was a problem in your experience, your but your experience is not representative of the entire country. And then, we can say you had a problem in your neighborhood at that time. Chicago has a problem now and has had a problem. Uh, and other cities have problems from time to time. But those singular places are not the whole country and certainly don't represent the inherent nature of an entire race. And even if your neighborhood has an issue, it's not the neighborhood. There are certain people in that neighborhood right. that cause an issue. Because the same everyday average working Joe doesn't want to run up against that person that's causing the problem the same way the police doesn't want to run up against yeah. that person that's causing the problem. Yeah, even when, so even when you say Area X is a violent neighborhood, you're, not, you're probably going to be talking about, what, 10 people out of 100 uh, in, that in that neighborhood make it exactly, a violent neighborhood? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but nobody says anything. Everybody just puts their heads down and goes on about their daily life. So they get basically get to operate with impunity. Yeah. Well, I think that you know those, those generalities, mm -hmm. based on our personal observation, are are a problem. You Definitely. have to step outside of that and actually look at the data. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're feeding into the very same manipulation that's being used to divide and conquer. So. Anyway, there it is. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I hope it was educational, even if it's hard to swallow. Uh, I gave you the truth. Every single bit of it is fact, is truth. It is what it is. Um, amen? I mean, I didn't come to make friends. I come to come make deliver. you educated. Like, don't, don't shoot the messenger. So there it is. And you have the sources. God bless you guys. Uh, see you next time.